John Richards and Andy Gilly are celebrating the holidays with Santa Slays. Talking about all the Christmas-themed horror movies. That sounds cool. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Horror For You podcast. It is Friday, December 4th of 2020. It's episode number 87 and Santa Slays month. We are talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 from 1987. Director Lee Harry broadcasting from our... Forgive me, this is going to be long. If the eyebrows are raising, don't get caught gazing. And Garbage Day Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. Got to be the Garbage Day Studios. I really, it's Andy Gilly, too. And special guest. We've had this guy on a, a couple of times and always have a great time. And uh, great friends of ours from the Straight Chillin' Podcast. Justin, better known as Soju from Southern Korea. Soju, what up? What up? It's your boy, Soju. Thanks for having me back, boys. I'm excited. Yeah, um, we, we've had this tendency with you to talk about like all these wonderful movies, right? And, and Yeah, actually good films and all my other co-hosts, <laughs> they always get, get the short end of the stick typically. But now I'm, I'm picking up the slack. So, yeah, <laughs> I get awesome. my version. All right. So, Straight Chillin' Podcast, of course, they are good friends of ours. Where can they find you, Soju? Yeah, so if you are interested in some uh, horror movie reviews, you can check us out. Um, Straight Chilling Podcast. We are on all the socials at Straight Chilling Podcast. We have some content on YouTube as well. That's youtube.com forward slash Straight Chilling Podcast. So, yeah, pretty much um, same handle across across the board there. And you know what I really enjoy is your top five Tuesdays that you do because you just did one, um, what, this past week for the top five yeah. Christmas movies. And I loved your picks on those. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I try to try to do top five lists every month on our YouTube page and uh, just try to pick a different kind of subgenre. This one was uh, Christmas horror films for December, of course. And yeah, I do that once a month, uh, the first Tuesday of every month. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I, um, I enjoy putting those lists together. Uh, we also got to both Andy and I have to give you a really big congratulations. Uh, episode number 300 is coming up for you guys. You've, you've done this for over six years and episode 300. So congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Thank congratulations you. on that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And actually, I mean, a little bit of congratulations to you. I mean, you guys are getting close to 100. I was yeah. looking back and we actually recorded our first Silent Night, Deadly Night episode around this same time of like, um, I think you guys are around 87, 88, right? So um, we recorded ours on 88. It's crazy to oh, think wow. back, but you guys are like almost there at 100. So congratulations to you guys. That's a that's a, that's a a big deal. Well, we're not trying to copy you though, I promise. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was just like, man, thinking back that long ago and, and thinking about what a big deal, like we were so excited to get to 100 and you guys are, you guys are there. That's um, um, that's like really difficult to do. So congratulations to you as well. Appreciate it, man. Thank you Thank so you much. Very much. Uh, Andy, we got some horror movie news. Huh? Horror movie news. Um, I, so I was told we talk about this film too much, but this is news, man. A Serbian film getting a 4K uncut Jeez. version. Uh, oh, that's what we need. <laughs> I thought I saw the uncut version. I don't know. What did they cut out that I didn't see already on this film? You know, uh, I'm not oh, sure man. I want to see. Well, yeah, I, I have to see it, actually. So uh, Blu-ray DVD release for this. This film comes out January 21, 2021 from Unearth Films. You can go pre-order it now at unearthfilms.com. 
No, thanks. I am totally good with that. And I, uh, <laughs> Juice, I, I heard you guys' review of that. And Andy and his wife are like one of the few people that I actually got enjoyment out of this movie. <laughs> yeah, we're sick oh, people. Oh, man. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I've heard you guys talk about it a few times. And man, uh, whew, more hey, you power know what? to actually, you, man. More. <laughs> I got to say, your analysis of that movie in your episode was, uh, you know, thoughtful. There, I thought you did a really nice analysis of that movie. I, I appreciated the way you. <laughs> treated that movie and actually like you know took it seriously because it's pretty easy to just dismiss that as, as like a you know uh, you know torture porn or you know just over the top but I, I thought you did a really nice job with that uh, Justin so uh, oh thanks man it's been a while since yeah. I visited that I um, it's been a few years but I mean it was I think it was one of our first Patreon picks so you know the people sure. are paying you gotta watch it and, <laughs> and right. give a good analysis but I think a lot of people don't want to watch a Serbian film. So I think, you know, trying to do a thorough analysis as best you can, (laughs) you know, helps people from having to watch it. So I'm down with that reasoning. It it is certainly not a film I would recommend, but it is, uh, is one that I thought had some value. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of these, I listened to a lot of different podcasts about it. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. were just very dismissive and kind of, you know, yelled. And, you know, there was a bunch of bros on this one podcast who who were like, you know, were, uh, um, and it's a bigger podcast, too, i got to say. They just had nothing, you know, intelligent to say about it. I thought you did a really nice job on it. So, um, Thanks, man. Appreciate that. So you, uh, people should go back and listen to your episode uh, uh, about uh, Serbian film. Because we're not doing it here. I swear to you. We're not doing it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to make John watch it. It's, it's not his kind of film. So Anyway, <laughs> iHorror reports that Warner Brothers is dropping all their 2021 movies on HBO Max and theaters simultaneously. The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It and James Wan's Giallo movie Malignant, which uh, had the working title Silver Cup. Uh, hmm. We reported on that maybe last year at this time. We released uh, for at-home viewing at the same time as the theater. Is that going to be the twenty, the nineteen ninety? Oh, no, it's HBO Max. She said, right? Yeah, HBO Max. So uh, wow, that's Warner very Brothers, interesting. All their movies going on uh, twenty twenty. You know, all their twenty twenty one movies going on HBO Max as well as the theater. Now, Adam Aaron, the CEO of the AMC theater chain uh, that recently begged people to buy their stock, which went down like twenty percent this week, uh, wasn't too pleased with that and chided Warner Brothers for doing this, saying clearly Warner Media intends to sacrifice a considerable portion of profitability of its movie studio vision division and that of its production partners and filmmakers to subsidize its HBO Max startup. Sounds a little, a little sour grapes to me. As everyone knows, I applaud this move and I hope it stays this way following the pandemic. Hey, how's how are the theaters out in uh, South Korea there, Justin? So they've actually been open the whole time. They never closed down during our pandemic. Um, they've always had since like March uh, certain requirements. Um, we always like the mask and you have to check in with a QR code um, to go in and everything like that. But it's been a while since I went. I definitely went and saw like Jaws during the summer time. But the problem is, is because things aren't getting released um, They're Like I kind of lost interest because they weren't able to show any new movies or anything right. like that. So I haven't checked to see what's up lately, uh, but they they are still open and they have been open the whole time just with, um, 
you know, some restrictions, of course. Oh, that's really interesting. Huh? Yeah. So and I think that yeah. is a problem for even if they do reopen theaters, there's nothing to show, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It'd be kind of interesting. But uh, well, the, the Warner Brothers will be releasing these movies, but they'll be on HBO Max and the theater. So you have the choice, at least, which I think <laughs> is a, a great idea. Uh, Clive Barker regained the rights to the original story, The Hellbound Heart, which spawned the Hellraiser movies. And of course, the iconic character Pinhead, a guy named Larry Coopin, was giving him some kind of legal troubles with this. But the courts ruled in his fa- in Barker's favor and he'll get the rights back on December 19th, 2021. So like a year from now, uh, no word on any plans for this. But I've always said that the character of Pinhead is a lot cooler than any of the movies he's been in. Absolutely. It's kind of like uh, Leatherface where there's one good movie with him in it. He's a great character, <laughs> but the, yeah, you know, <laughs> Pinhead's an uh, awesome character. I wish yeah, there were some perfect. good, yeah. you know, I wish there were some good movies with Pinhead and I wish there were some great Hellraiser movies, but it, there really aren't. No, I, well, Hellraiser, the original, I mean, it, it was yeah, a fun watch, but he wasn't in it a lot. You no, know, he wasn't. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was an okay movie, but uh, I, I feel like the character kind of transcends the series there, and that's that's really what's uh, what's good about it. So, I uh, got some Peter Dinklage news for you. Oh, boy, here we go. You know, Peter Dinklage, <laughs> Game of Thrones fame, obviously, signed on to be in the Toxic Avenger, a remake of the trauma film. Legitimate wow. movie studio legendary, studio legendary is producing this film. Now, they don't say which character Dinklage will be playing. Uh, also, no other details about the release date or anything else, uh, except the fact that Macon Blair, uh, we watched a couple Macon Blair movies, I think. Murder Party being one of them. Oh, okay. Remember that? okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, uh, that was a good movie. Uh, Green Room, he also directed. Uh, Love that movie. He'll be directing this, uh, this version of the Toxic Avenger for Legendary. Okay. Hey, Juice, have you seen this? movie like like what toxic toxic yeah. avenger yeah i have yeah i want him to play the mayor <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's interesting that macon blair is involved man um who that's a that's a very interesting combination of things that are happening there i'm i, I <laughs> that's, agree uh, huh. i'm very, very intrigued i'm very intrigued by this too now the last time i saw the toxic avenger was on vhs in the 80s i was telling john about yeah. this mm-hmm. Um, and, but, uh, it's for free on prime. <laughs> I will, uh, I will be definitely checking this out. I'm, I'm fan of Peter Dinklage too. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how, uh, see what they come up with here. That sounds very intriguing. So cool. that's it for uh, horror movie news for this week. I didn't come up with a trivia question just because the, the jokes are going to lay themselves out as we talk about this. Do you have a trivia? I do. Uh, the killer's name was Billy Chapman in the first film. This film inexplicably, inexplicably changes his brother Ricky's last name to this. Uh, God, oh. I don't know. Just Cadwell. That's a great trivia question. <laughs> oh, man. It's Cadwell. I don't know why. It was Billy Chapman in the first film. He was the killer, obviously. And Is it because he got adopted? Did they change it to his adopted I, parents' name? They never name? explain it. Maybe that got written out of the movie. That could be. <laughs> that, was, that was something I kind of looked for to see if they had, if, you know, that was the reason. But I, I didn't. I just no, didn't I think, see any. It, I think it was like Rosenberg or something like that. Yeah, it was Rosenberg. That that was his adopted parents' names. Yeah. Oh, okay. really? So, yeah. Cadwell. I don't know. There's a little piece oh, of trivia for man. you about, That's, uh, oh, about Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. <laughs> Uh, Andy's Chainsaw Plot. Okay, so I feel the need to mention Shudder's tagline for this movie because I thought it was awesome. I don't know if you noticed that up in the uh, left-hand corner there, but uh, it, underneath the title it, uh, on Shudder, it says, A Notorious Sequel, A Christmas Kill 
Shutter Garbage Day, <laughs> which I thought was a great tagline that Shutter made up for this movie. So my uh, Chainside plot is uh, years after his brother Billy's Yuletide slaughter, Ricky returns to wreak holiday havoc in this Santa slasher. Well, there you go. All right, here's a spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. From 1987, uh, if you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, come back to find out what we thought about it. Uh, Juice, your initial thoughts of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Oh, man, this is uh, the second time I've viewed this. It's been a few years since I watched it, and um, it's uh, it's a glorified recap. Um, At best, it equals uh, the runtime of like an episode of a series on Netflix um, in original content that it actually shows. Um, This is the thing that cracks me up about this movie is just kind of the bold audacity that the makers had in making it because <laughs> like the the they take so much footage from the original movie that it almost equals out and not quite but it's just <laughs> it's, it's just almost like a slap in the face when you're watching it almost um, is kind of how I view this movie it's it doesn't have a whole lot of quality to it you can definitely Definitely get some good laughs at it. Best viewed, I think, with friends um, in a, in a fun kind of environment. But quality wise, it's it's pretty low. It's pretty pretty low quality. <laughs> I want you to tell me what you think before I I tell you what I think. <laughs> All right. Well, I totally disagree. I think there's a brilliant filmmaking. Um, I think that the fact that you can incorporate the original movie into and intertwine it with a sequel is no, this movie sucks. I mean, I'm sorry. It's it's half the movie is the original movie. I mean, I want to cuss, but I'm not going to Um, like even when they go to the movie theater in this, Mm -hmm. it's the robbery scene from the original movie oh and he says i like this movie punish you know whatever i no, this movie is not good it's it's what it, it was filmed in 10 days you know and there's 45 minutes of original content like like juice just said it's like watching something on uh, a series on netflix without the commercials and it's just like uh, you know and the voiceovers were so bad like segueing into the original movie i mean good lord what 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 were they thinking? I get it. Okay, fine. The studio wanted to incorporate this, but no, there's no creativity to it. You know, the only thing I, I got enjoyment out of was laughing at our lead character because he was directed to act like this, you know, to, to be melodramatic, to be like, like the, over the top. So that's the way I felt. It, it, it's, oh man. And people laud this thing is, is it's fun. It's a cult classic. No, it's not. <laughs> this is not good. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. There's you know how I like to be the devil's advocate about things. Oh, seriously. <laughs> All right. So in these very slim subgenre of Christmas horror movies, I believe this is actually one of the better films, especially when you take it Whoa. as its own film rather than a sequel to the first one. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, in the further subgenre of Santa slashers, uh, this is probably second only to Christmas Evil, which I believe is truly the pinnacle of the Santa slasher film. You are so joking oh, right now. I you agree are with so... half of that statement. Man, I think, I think this is superior to the original. If you haven't seen Silent Night, Deadly Night, just watch this film. Don't bother with wow. Silent Night, Deadly Night. I, I think this is a better film and more enjoyable. Oh, my God. I, that I, is and a I gotta hot, say, hot when, take. And you know, the backstory of this movie you have to appreciate how well the director Lee Harry did with what he had this movie's budget was a hundred grand which is about 225,000 right now so in 1986 dollars or four or whatever this was uh, he basically was given no budget told to re-edit the first movie to be passed off as a sequel and basically, the producer wanted to milk the audience of their money, right? Not only did he deliver a memorable film, but this movie made a profit, $154,323, I think it made. So it made wow. back like 50% of what they spent on it. Spawned three more sequels, one with Mickey Rooney in it. Uh, ultimately, this is, I think, a fun movie to watch. It's not Citizen Kane. Rot <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gives it 25%. Who cares? If you're trying to see art and you leave the pretentiousness of being a critic behind. I think you'll have a good time with this. Now, I am curious because that is a hot take and actually one of my biggest critiques of this film, um, talking about uh, it being one superior to the first film, which is a surprising statement, but also just in the genre of Christmas horror films, is that most of the time and they play it off. So it's not even like they're trying to hide it. And I understand necessarily like why they had to do it. So I'm not knocking necessarily the director or the producer and the choices they had to make. But it, this is mostly looks like it's shot in the summertime. Everything is constantly green. There is absolutely no snow. Even there's a scene where they're outside the nun's house and there's kids playing. They're not even wearing jackets or anything. So they don't even like try to cover it up that it's a Christmas film. And they even added in this artificial like birds chirping constantly in the background. So nothing about this except for like the last 10 minutes where the man is actually dressed as Santa Claus screams as an actual Christmas film to me. So that's kind of that that's kind of where I'm coming from and part of the critiques of this being like a classic Christmas film as well is there's no snow. There's and they play it off like cuz it's mostly they fade backwards like oh he's getting adopted and oh he's learning how to kill people and stuff like that so they don't necessarily have to make it Christmas but it still takes it out of like the Christmas genre for me I guess you, you make you make a great point there I, I, I agree with that and part of what I liked about the first film was that it was you, you could tell it was actually cold like you could see their breath you could see the actual snow there was actual snow on the ground and being mm -hmm. from a cold weather climate i can i'm totally taken out of a movie when there's like soap flakes raining down you know and and the actors are sweating in their in their yeah. uh, parkas and stuff because you know it's actually 70 degrees in the studio so I agree. That's that's a legitimate criticism. And, you know, the, the whole scene where he's uh, got the he's got the cable knit sweater on and he's stolen the uh, police officer's gun. Yeah, you can see the trees are all green. You can see palm trees <laughs> behind him, actually. Mm -hmm. And that's totally valid criticism. I, I, I agree. It does not. Uh, the only part of it is when he when he dresses up at Santa at the end. You're you're, you're right. I'll, I'll I'll take that. That's valid. Yeah. I, 
yeah, the first movie had snow in it, and you know, it was based. It was Christmas time, but this is this is supposed to be. And I, I noticed what you were saying, Juice, is that the kids outside. They, and why are they outside on Christmas Eve? You know, just playing around, playing hopscotch. You know, outside the nun's house. Oh, did you guys notice that it was uh, it, the the uh, address was six six six? I did. I took a note of that. I thought that was a weird choice for the nun's house. Yeah, 666 on there, huh? And the other problem I had with that, she had a stroke, but it looked like she got, like, third-degree burns on her. Burns. That about? Yeah, that was a strange choice. I mean, I get it, because, like, it, it was uh, it was so many years later in the first movie, so so the continuity was right in the first movie of her being in a wheelchair as, as she's getting older, so... She's in a wheelchair in this movie, but yeah, she looked and it looked terrible. I mean, did you the the, the effects looked awful? It looked like a bruise, blister, <laughs> blood thing. I don't know. I mean, it was just it was ridiculous. But yeah, it, it's like th- this movie also suffered from what John Carpenter did, like the mistakes of his movies of having to throw dead leaves on the on the ground to make it look like fall. But like if you look, you see palm trees in the background of really, you never see that in Southern California. Did they really That's try to run. even do that. Did they really try to make it look like winter in any way? But where were we? Yeah, they? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Think so. I don't now that was and that was the problem. And actually, to be fair, they masked it up pretty well because you can argue, well, all of the scenes are flashbacks. And they technically are. I mean, even when he is he does the garbage day line, like his whole famous killing spree, it doesn't technically have to be during Christmas because we don't know when it is because he's telling a story. So in that way, they kind of are able to get away with it if you want to pick it apart. Hmm. But it doesn't give the Christmas feeling to me. So it's like if you're going to base this movie off of Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is, you know, an infamous Christmas slasher and you want to carry on that same like idea then like come on throw me a bone like i want to watch this during christmas time so i don't want to watch the killer walking through like sunny california on his killing spree with like the birds chirping in the background and all the green leaves at least like i don't know try to shoot it in the winter time so so for me i guess the original footage did enough of that that you know i got enough of the winter and christmas feel that when when you actually did get to the the uh, new content, it, it uh, you know I, I I I forgive this film for that. And like I said, I think if you take this take the take this as a sequel out of it and just uh, take it as a film on its own with the uh, original stuff with the first film's uh, footage edited into it. I think it's a more fun movie to watch. Well, okay, I guess I, I can agree with, like, when he goes on his killing spree, this could have been any time of the year. This could have been summertime in Southern California with palm trees and everything like that. Um, but, you know, it, the continuity goes back into, like, when he when he kills that guy that's ringing a bell and takes his Santa suit, it's still the same thing. It's at night, though, and he goes to kill Mother Superior. Um you know, I agree. I think this movie should have been called Deadly Night, Billy's Revenge or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that old Ricky, man, he does not skip eyebrow day at the gym. I swear those eyebrows are on point. <laughs> it really. Well, what, what, that is. I, I'm trying to really do it right noticeable. now. 
They go up and down 130 <laughs> times, isn't that right? Yeah, Joe, kind of the, the Joe Bob, the commentary on that is actually, this makes the, the movie a little more enjoyable because he talks about it. It was 136 times, and, you know, the director made him, like, overact like this. And I actually liked the overacting because that's what gave me, you know, some levity to this movie of, of laughing of, like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. You know, but the fact that they they just they took a bunch of clips from the original movie. It's it's one thing to recap a movie like within four or five minutes. Right. So so I'm talking. Here's here's a recap of what happened in movie one. And then here's the rest of the story. You know, the, the one scene that they cut was the sex scene between uh, Jennifer and uh, Ricky. And they they cut like, I guess, five minutes out of that. And I'm like, OK, that's fine. But, you know, at least that was more original content. It wouldn't add anything to the movie. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess to give some credit, I will say I was I was going to try to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night before I watch this film again. And I was just having trouble finding a stream for it here in South Korea because of some of the restrictions. And I wasn't able to. And so for a recap, um, this movie, as far as. I mean, it's ridiculous to include so much footage into another movie, but for the recap that they did, it's actually cut pretty well as far as like wrapping up and like giving you the full picture of what the first movie was. So, I mean, in that vein, I guess that's that's, that's, that's good that's, on them. That's <laughs> absolutely one of my points. You know, there's this this Topher Grace uh, edit of Star Wars, all the first movie, the first three movies oh, of Star yeah. Wars, that's actually superior to the first three star movies of Star Wars. I feel like this does the same thing. It, it like cuts out some of the stuff that doesn't matter it uses what it needs to from the first movie and it adds some stuff that's actually better and maybe it doesn't happen in christmas that's valid i absolutely agree with that they should they should have had it in a snowy place or at least tried to uh, attempt to make it look like christmas oh you're talking about the aesthetic of it i i agree with that but they cut out it, it was like why did he go on this what made him snap what made uh, uh rick or billy snap it was like he saw this girl and you know he's he's a 18 year old kid that's starting to have feelings for this girl and he sees her making out but all of a sudden what you see is him just killing people like for no rhyme or reason he just just, he just snaps but it it was kind of build up of yes you did see Santa kill his parents you saw him you know running away hiding from this guy that, that you know obviously as a 7 year old kid he loves Santa Claus he's so excited about Santa Claus but he sees this it's so traumatic for him you didn't see everything that happened at the orphanage where he, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's just he's got this mother superior that is like, you know, raining down fury on him. And then, you know, it's just he finally that's where he snaps in the first movie is like when he's working at this toy store because the orphanage got him the job that, you know, this girl that he's really got a crush on and she's kind of flirting with him, like right. goes and gets with this guy. There, there was more to that scene rather than just him stringing this dude up on on uh, Christmas lights. Yeah. And and that even like <laughs> adds to part of the logic of this movie. And see this is what I wrestle with because how when you try to rate this movie and when you try to think about it critically, it's like should I? Because <laughs> even in its own self it 
makes fun of the idea or at least points it out. I, I mean, I guess make fun of is not the correct term, but it's like, how would you, the, the guy who's interviewing Ricky, he's like, how would you remember this? You were so young. And that's exactly the point. All these things that this guy is supposed to be telling us about, like, oh, I'm remembering it. He wasn't there for any of it. Not, not like a bit of it. Even in the first scene where Santa Claus actually kills their parents, he's a baby. Mm-hmm. There'd literally be no way he could remember that. So even in its own internal logic, it like, you you know, you could be like, yeah, it wraps up the first movie pretty good. But in its storytelling, it's like, well, this guy is supposed to be remembering these things. And that's impossible because we're literally following the other character who he wasn't there with. Right. So, well, his line was, how do you remember that? I was there. Eyebrows moving. <laughs> Okay, you were. Well, yeah, but he wasn't in. there when uh, Billy snaps and is in the toy store, or he wasn't there when Billy like is killing the woman like in the cabin and things like that. So I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And, but but even in I mean, there's some, and I, I I use this really loosely. But even in the first movie when Billy is killing, he's got he's got this almost like a kind of purity thing. You know, for example, when he hangs up uh, Leanna Le- Quigley up on the on mm-hmm. the uh, on the dealers, yeah. He, he gives this little girl a present because he asked her, have you been naughty or nice? Well, I've been nice. So he gives her like a box cutter or something, like a bloody box cutter. But, did, yeah. but but he's got like, he's got some sort of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, morals, some, I guess. Some, yeah. Some sort of morals. Yeah. Because, and then like later in the scene, and you see this scene of the bullies taking the sleds and they, the, the kids get away and he kills one of the bullies and cuts his head off. Right. So well, doesn't, doesn't yeah, and it and it fine. follows that. I mean, it does a better job, definitely, of following that idea of Santa Claus. Like it actually sticks with this theme, and it's the same kind of you know. Annie brought up Christmas Evil, where it's almost picking apart these weird traditions that we have. Like, oh, there's this man who watches us, and he judges us if we're naughty or nice, <laughs> and then decides, you know, like what, what to do with us on Christmas because of that. That put so, it in that I mean, it kind of plays with that. Yeah. Uh, but this this movie just tries to carry that over but I don't even think they do that particularly well um, I feel like it's just kind of like a cheap excuse to carry on that idea without really exploring it the way the first one does I well, guess well, well let's go to, let's go to that murder scene right when it's like he's walking with Jennifer right and they see chip you know that blonde mullet was uh on point <laughs> oh <was> great. man <laughs> He'd be your cooter, right? <laughs> Chips on cooter level, yeah, for sure. Even in like the four minutes of footage we get from that, he hits pretty high. <laughs> yeah, he does. So they're walking down the street, right? And, you know, he kills uh, Chip, which which kind of holds true to what the first movie did, that, you know, there's a there's a certain level of, uh, you know, forgiveness or whatever. He's, the, he's naughty, so he gets punished. Um, and then Jennifer gets mad at Ricky, and he chokes her out with a uh, antenna from the car. An antenna from his car, yeah. And then mm-hmm. there's a cop right there for some unknown reason. Looks like Barney <laughs> Fife, you know, with his hat on sideways. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, man, you better stay there and not do anything." And you know, Ricky's just sitting there. Go ahead, and you know, put the cuffs on me. Grabs the gun or twists the gun and shoots him right in the head. Then he goes on his killing spree. You know, the, the, I, I laughed out loud and watched it like three or four times where he's walking down the street. And this guy's like, what the hell's going on? Bam. No reason. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I think 
You, and he calls him a mother effer just because he did. Like, he was wondering like what was going on. He did. And then we get to the famous scene or the, the famous line of the movie. This guy's putting out his trash, doing nothing. Looks at him, says garbage day and shoots him like two or three times. I think he kind of glanced over the best kill of the movie, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Go back to that. I mean, I mean, this is this is a this is a quality kill, I think. OK. You know, when, when he when he uh, what's that guy's name? Chip. Chip. Yeah. The, Chip, uh, yeah. You know, he he takes the battery charger and sticks it in his mouth. <laughs> and cranks yeah. it up. And then his, yeah, yes, they, and his <laughs> eyeballs explode and blow out his Ray-Bans. I mean, it's a pretty good kill, I think. They, I they spent all their money on that kill. And then the following scene where um, there's just a car, another one that you kind of skipped oh, over for oh, yeah. the idea of the um, like his morals meaning nothing in this film is there's just a car driving down the road and he starts firing at the car and this car <laughs> flips over and explodes. Explodes. That was cracking it's, me up. It, that, that that it's a Chevy Chevette, which was a is that, great car. I thought, I thought it was a Pinto. No, it was a Chevette. I was, I was just wondering why it exploded so quickly. I, it was I just like, that's awesome. Yes, yeah. it, it was. Pre- I thought it was pretty awesome, too. And this whole yeah, scene I don't even think they awesome. throw a, like, a, a model in there or anything like, no, in no. the driver's seat. It literally was just a car on fire. That got me pretty Absolutely. good, too. No, I mean, this whole scene, I think, is pretty entertaining. From from the time that he you know kills Chip until the end of his rampage, it's it's I don't know enjoyable oh, yeah. movie. It is, it is, and that's and but I would argue that's on the only enjoyable part because while that kill is really cool and that scene is just hilarious with the mm-hmm. whole garbage day, most of it comes down to him firing a gun, a car flips, so that's absolutely ridiculous. But um, <laughs> because they either. spent so much on that head explosion and that car flipping, any other kill we get in this film is mostly off screen and right. pretty cheap feeling. So like he kills the doctor we don't see it he's just got taped wrapped around his neck when we flash you know back to the president even mother superior they walk in and he has i guess killed her with an axe chopped her head off with absolutely no blood pouring anywhere um because she looks spotless until her head rolls off her (laughs) her body uh when they walk in so everything else is almost done off screen even the guy in the theater like he beats him behind the chairs i guess so you you see popcorn um, flying up yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't quite sure what he did to that guy, and, and I, I, that was a that was a bit of the justice. I, I guess I I enjoyed that part too because I hate those kind of. Mo- That's why I don't like going in the movie theater because of those kind of people. So <laughs> I enjoyed that kill, yeah. even though it was off screen. I don't know. Uh, here, here's one thing: um, there was a lot of shots in the. I, I guess it was the prison. I, I guess that's where the doctor. The, yeah, the mental institution or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the dialogue was so bad between them. Hey, Doc, are you married? Do you have kids? We couldn't have children. Wait, hold on a second. You know, I mean, it was just so bad. And that's that was a majority of like the new footage. Yeah, All the rest of the true. stuff was so short, and it was like, okay, yeah, you can get some enjoyment out of that. The 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 battery scene, the the car scene. 
um, garbage day, whatever. Yeah, they did attempt to turn him into some kind of uh, Hannibal Lecter messing with the police type of uh, guy that it just didn't come off well in those That's scenes. That's how he got scenes, arrested. Yeah, those scenes were uh, forgettable, definitely. I, I would agree with you there. He had no more bullets left. He and All of a sudden, there's a yeah. roadblock, and this thing happened within like a two-minute period. They didn't say, hey, he's been on a killing spree trying to give you the idea, and then you, know, you see two cops right there. Don't do it, man. Don't do right. it. He puts a gun against his head and out of bullets. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. God. <laughs> I actually liked that decision where he tries to shoot himself because, you know, it is a gun that only has like six bullets in it. And we see him like kill a couple people, shoot out a car. And um, I don't know. That was that was kind of a cool choice. Um, but again, that's the one scene that I think holds up for this movie. I was really just going through my brain and going like, OK, what are the other scenes like? And really this movie, that's I think that's the biggest problem for me with this movie is the things I actually enjoy come from another movie. So in the same way, I do enjoy seeing the the first film's footage in here because I like the first film. So the highest points for me are literally footage from another movie, which I can't give credit to this movie for. Mm-hmm. And then that one scene, because everything else is almost nothing. I mean, we get a scene with him where he's a kid and he's been adopted. I don't care about that. Uh, we get a scene where even his relationship relationship building up to his rampage is is i don't feel anything it's not particularly interesting in any kind of way um and it's not even super entertaining in a funny kind of way the acting is terrible um i guess you can kind of get a little bit out of the movie theater scene so there's a little bit extra there but even the ending scene where he's going after mother superior i don't like they give you a little bit of it from the first movie but i don't feel like yeah get her ricky or I don't, I don't feel anything in that last scene other than like, man, this movie's almost over finally. So there's just not a lot to cling on to except for one, maybe one and a half scenes of new footage. And that's it. And that's rough. That's like that. That's that's rough to kind of hang your hat on for me. Um, I Especially since I, I still even with liking the garbage day scene mm-hmm. still like the footage from the first film more. So I, I would just rather watch the first film, I think. Well, I had a big question when he did go over to mother superior's house is how'd she get upstairs? <laughs> Anybody answer that? <laughs> how did she get upstairs? I mean, she, she, okay. So she has multiple wheelchairs. I mean, obviously she had a stroke, so, you know, to get, a, get around, she needs a wheelchair, but how'd she get upstairs? We know how she got downstairs. Cause she rolled because she was going to get chopped yeah. with an axe, but there was another chair sitting right there. Uh, I, that, that's a big question. You, you know, a scene I actually kind of enjoyed was when he was 15 years old. This is this is what I enjoyed about it. And then I'll tell you what I disliked about it was uh, he was 15 years old. He just lost his stepfather. He actually, you know, in the voiceover, he was saying, you know, I, I felt the loss and I felt something uh, for my stepfather. And I just wanted to go for a walk and get lost. Um, he sees a couple making out and you see, uh, you know, this guy's being overly aggressive with this woman and, you know, she kicks him in the ding ding and, you know, he goes back and gets a beer. All of a sudden, Ricky appears at 15 years old uh, in the car and rolls this guy over. This gal comes up to him and says, uh, thank you so much. Like, like, you know, this guy's been a terrible person. Now, that was kind of fun. That kill was kind of fun. That scene was fun. But if you look at Ricky at 15 years old, he looks older than the 18 year old Ricky 
and he's about a foot shorter and no steroids like the 18 year old Ricky has thoughts <laughs> yeah I, I, I wasn't yeah I, I'm not quite sure why they even chose a different actor to play him if, if he's only three years older you know I mean you could do I don't know yeah um, <laughs> blew my mind you, you think they could have just taken the money that they paid the 15 year old actor and done some makeup on him or something to make him look a little younger Got a different I haircut. honestly was so glazed over. I didn't even particularly notice that it was a different person, to be honest. <laughs> if I'm completely honest with you, I didn't quite. I mean, maybe I did, but I was just like, oh, he's supposed to be younger. And I thought they did kind of just make up him up. Oh, man, that's who I didn't even realize. <laughs> he is. A, he's a foot shorter than the. the I, I, I get it. Growth spurts happen. I mean, when we're teenage kids, we have a growth spurt. It, it happens. But I mean, looks completely different. There, there's no there, there's no continuity with that. And he's on steroids. I mean, because this, this the eighteen year old Ricky's like Jack. He was he's in prison though. He's a I mean, big that makes dude. sense. All right, he's well, been in prison. Whatever. I mean, he just it looked terrible. <laughs> I did like the I did like when he killed the loan shark though with the with the umbrella. That was pretty creative. The umbrella kill was pretty good. That, yeah, yeah. That was a good scene. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. It, I mean, Justin, you make some, and John, you make some good points. It's getting harder to defend this movie. And I, <laughs> hey, I got to applaud you for doing it, though, because honestly, I, I, it was a hot take, and I don't think I was ready for it. But I mean, I, you know, I can't knock it too much because I do, with the context, you got to, you know, give a little credit to the director because that's my point. ultimately people care about this movie. We're talking exactly. about it. I've talked about it twice now. Exactly. I mean, and people, it's not just us. People like this movie. People talk about this movie. And so good on that guy for being able <laughs> to make a memorable movie out of 45 minutes worth of new footage. So, you know, there's something there. That's my contention, I guess, here. And I think it's the most memorable of the series. I mean, I've seen all of these i've seen every one i don't even remember like the the other ones very well uh i, I can't never, tell you anything about uh silent night deadly night three i don't even remember watching I, i've watched it i don't remember anything about it i've never know? seen it yeah so i yeah, have I've never seen, seen it either these. um but they're just not memorable and you know the garbage day thing and stuff it, it, it really kind of added something to the uh santa slasher genre i think i don't know even though it's not even a sad he's wearing a blue so, uh, sweater when he does it i don't know if, maybe if, if like the director, because I know he was thrown into this or he was a screenwriter or something like that or a producer yeah, so, yeah. and he was thrown into this, you know, maybe if he just wanted to, I mean, making fun of a movie is is like to me is a no, no, don't do that. Don't well. make fun. If, if you want to make light of a movie, just don't make fun of it. It just seems like he was blatantly making fun of the movie because yeah. he threw everything else out the window. You know, these two kids. You know, uh, Billy, seven years old, and Ricky at, what, six months old, you know, they experienced the same thing. I, I couldn't imagine Ricky had any recollection of this, but just seeing his brother going through hell at this orphanage, and it's just, it's almost like you're poking fun at it. You know, and I don't think that's what he was trying to do. He was told to do something almost that that was just going to exploit the audience, you know. And that's fine. And he chose not to do that. No, no so, but if, if you're going to say. I'm not sure his intention was to make fun of the original. I think he did try to add to it as best as he could. But he, he's probably in L.A., you know, so what has he got to work with? 
He doesn't have the budget for snowflakes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I didn't think he was necessarily mocking it. It really, it really to me, it just. It's almost like, I mean, yeah, these films are connected, but they almost just as easily could not be. That's right. You know, to, in my mind, I guess. Sure, I get that. I, I, I felt that. the same exact way. I didn't feel any connections to the movies except for them blatantly saying it, that this is my brother. This is what he did. Which is what I'm saying. When you take this alone, if you haven't seen the first one, I think it's a decent movie. And, and I don't know that I can. I think you're right. It was a total hot take what I said there. I don't know that it's a better movie than the original, but it it it's a good movie. It's not a good movie either. But, you know, it's it's a uh, taken on its own. I think it, it has some merit is, is what I'm saying. I think we I think we've all said it. It, it would be a movie that if you wanted it, you will get enjoyment if you've got some adult beverages of Absolutely. choice and you got a couple of friends around you just oh, yeah. you, you know saying waiting for that infamous line to come up and say garbage day that you're all sitting around and you'll like clap yeah, have or a great around, time sure have a round yep. of applause and then you can turn it off after that <laughs> exactly right. you actually probably can for, for, fast forward it to like uh, an hour and ten minutes into the movie you'll find it you're good <laughs> oh my gosh uh, we're talking about this movie 42 minutes like um, about three minutes less of um, um, actual con- new content that we got for this movie are, are we missing anything uh, juice Andy anything <laughs> I really I don't think I there's think we covered it pretty good. <laughs> All right, uh, our guest Soju, uh, is this good, bad, or a classic? And what are you going to rate it? Ooh, it is not good or a classic. It's generally bad. Um, you can say that it has some merit, and it does, but that doesn't make it a classic or even good. Um, to me, this ultimately comes down to maybe. 10 minutes worth of fun, enjoyable footage out of a movie that like clocks in a little under an hour and a half. Um, but truly even the best parts of this movie to me, um, are still second rate to just me enjoying watching the original footage more and making me want to watch the original movie more. So that's, that's rough. I mean, that's a rough take. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, sure. You got the garbage day rampage and everything like that, but it just, it, that's not enough. It's not enough. I, it, it's disappointing that this is, you know, considered in a way a Christmas classic when it's not very Christmassy at all. And that's kind of a disappointment while I'm watching it too. Cause, um, you know, it's the season and, and when you attach yourself to the season like that, like you got to represent in some way. And this film like really doesn't for the most part. Um, I can't give this more than just a 0.5. I, I can't go higher than that. It's just not very good. Like, it's oh, it's just it's it's not particularly good. Andy, are you ready? Uh, yeah. So if you like Santa slashers, watch Christmas Evil because it's a good Santa slasher. Yeah. Uh, and if you've already watched Christmas Evil, watch Silent Night, Deadly Night One. <laughs> and if you've seen both of those, maybe watch this one. So uh, I mean, the guy kills this douche with a battery charger, explodes his eyeballs, and blows up a Chevy Chevette all while wearing a cable net sweater. That's that's something. <laughs> Um, <laughs> You're going to keep pulling back on that one, huh? It's, oh you know, God. it's uh, I, I was kind of impressed with, you know, what they did with the money that they had here in, in editing this. I mean, don't like 
watch this with your grandma or someone who watches movies, calls movies films or, you know, who's looking for some kind of five star exorcist or conjuring horror experience here. But like if all of us went to Jacksonville, watch this with Bob, I think we'd have a great time. You know, I think this is the most memorable of the Santa slashers. Uh, I won't say it's better than the first one, but it's more memorable. Uh, So it's a bad movie. It is not a good movie. It's a bad movie, but it's an enjoyable bad movie. Um, And I I give it a star. I I recommend, uh, you know, you see it if Santa Slasher is something you're really interested in seeing. And you've seen the other two good ones that I can think of. Um, I don't know. I, I give it about a star. All right. Uh, I, I agree with everything uh, that both you have said. Um, the acting's not very good. I said it was a good movie and that it was better than the first one initially, so you agree with that? No, I agree with your recap. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. That's what you. I'm saying. Um, <laughs> no, the, the acting was bad. Um, yeah, it's it's got very few memorable parts. The, Andy, the only thing that you'll remember about this, I mean, okay, maybe if you think about it hard, you'll think about the car scene, but you're going to think about Garbage Day. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's it's it. more, but it's more memorable. I'm, I'm saying, like to me, I okay, that's fine. But but I remember the antler scene in the first one more than I remember well, garbage. You get that day. in this because one it's too. It's a meme. It's yeah, you a, get that too. It's a it's a gif. It's whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's all it is. You get the antler scene and garbage day in this movie. But though. it was so much better in the first one. <laughs> okay, this is a bad movie. I'm gonna give it a half star. <laughs> oh boy, Ugh. there we go. Hey. So would you? Thank so what's you. that? What's that average out to? Like a point six seven five? I think. Yeah. Point <laughs> seven five. Yeah. It, All right. It's a six star movie. So um, we're good. I think that's what it averages out to. Um, hey. So, Jude, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate you taking some time out to talk with us about, you know, not the best movie in the world. Uh, where can they find you guys? Straight Chillin Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. Even though it was a bad movie, I think I still lucked out more than some of the other choices the other guys had to watch. So I appreciate that. I always enjoy talking with you guys, even if it's about a bad movie. Absolutely. It was uh, still a lot of fun. Um, again, you can find me for some um, extra horror content um, when you're done listening to Horrorphoria, of course. Uh, listen first. But then you can check out Straight Chilling Podcast at um, all across socials. Um, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at street at straight chilling podcast. Um, so we, we do weekly reviews and then some extra content on YouTube and stuff like that. And then also too, I do some, uh, personal stuff. I live, I do live in South Korea. So I do some travel stuff, um, under the name, Justin abroad. So you can see some YouTube travel guides and stuff like that, um, at youtube.com forward slash Justin abroad travel videos. And then I'm on Instagram as well under Justin Abroad. I'll tell you, and I, I think that's everything. I <laughs> highly, highly recommend seeing those. See, Justin, if, if it doesn't work out with you being a teacher in Southern Korea, I, I think that you're going to be a travel uh, host, a travel guide host type thing. I mean, <laughs> Thank th- you. they're really good. They're short. But I mean, some of the things you get to see out there, I mean, it brings the culture to us. So, I mean, I, we appreciate what you uh, what you do out there. Uh, what are you guys reviewing next week or this week? 
Um. Oh man, what are we? It's that one, uh, the newest Cronenberg film, uh, His Son. Oh, um, right. And I cannot remember. Uh, Possessor is that is that the name of it? Something like that. It's like a one word. Uh, but that's what we're covering next. Um, the newest Cronenberg film. That's a new film from 2020. I just can't remember exactly the name of it. I gotta watch it. Still, <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> we'll de- we'll definitely keep an ear out for that coming up uh, later on this week or maybe early next week. Coming up for the Horror For You podcast for episode number 88. We're going to review the anthology, A Christmas Horror Story. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Listen to us wherever you get your podcast. And uh, go like us and follow us on all of our social medias, Horror For You podcast. Again, Juice, thank you so much. Have yourself a great weekend. Andy, we'll talk to you next week. And the rest of you, we'll talk to you next week.